Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. You are listening to the Food Heals Podcast with me, Allison Melody. Enter to win a swag bag full of my favorite organic vegan products. All you have to do is go on Amazon, order my book, Food Heals, leave a review and screenshot your review and post it to social media using the hashtag Food Heals Podcast. 10 lucky winners will have a swag bag shipped straight to their door. I love all the fun gadgets and all the exotic ingredients too, but at the end of the day, I like to teach people what are simple things you can do at home that you enjoy. So Elizabeth Eats is all just about making real food at home and making it enjoyable. I wanted to create a brand that made products that tasted good, had ingredients you could understand and felt good about eating, but was cool enough that like a normal person would want to choose to eat the products. What is it that I need to do so I can impact others around me with compassion, just showing them by example that if I can do this, my husband who was a major carnivore, if he could do this, and my two boys, then anybody can do it. After my daughter going vegan at 13, six months earlier, sitting next to her realizing I needed to make the change for a planet of which she plans to live on longer than me. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. Today, I'm talking with four female founders who are shaking up the wellness movement. First up, Susie and I are talking with Denise Woodard. She is the founder and CEO of Partake, which is a company that she created when her daughter Vivian was diagnosed with serious food allergies. In 2016, Denise decided to leave her decade-long career at Coca-Cola and actually sold cookies out of her car for six months. She even sold her engagement ring to fund the company. Now that is dedication. Partake features only simple whole food ingredients in their recipes, and the cookies contain 20 to 30% less sugar than the other gluten-free and vegan cookies on the market. Then we'll be speaking with host of Elizabeth Eats on FM TV, that's Food Matters TV, Elizabeth Ryder. In a world flooded with diet information, Elizabeth's healthy recipes and straightforward nutrition advice draw millions of inspired readers to her popular blog. Best known for her fun and accessible approach to food and healthy living, she's built an online wellness empire from scratch on her iPhone and laptop. 
And finally, I had a blast with the hosts of Plant Based in the Burbs, Paige Parsons Roach and Sherry Johnson. Paige is the producer of Jane Unchained Lunch Break Live, and Sherry is a personal trainer and creator of the W29 line of activewear. Together, they host their Facebook Live show where they share how to transition to a plant based diet, lots of entrepreneurial content, as well as fitness and food tips. So let's get right into the show. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. She has created a brand that has been built with purpose and passion to change the way we snack. Please welcome Denise Woodard. Welcome, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you. And in preparation for this interview, I was watching some of your videos and I found out that we have something amazing in common. What? You went to UNC, as did my parents, where they met and married, and I grew up in Chapel Hill. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. I love Chapel Hill. It's such a special place. It really is. People do not understand the specialness of Chapel Hill and how it's not a part of the rest of North Carolina. No, not at all. So we're here to talk about Partake Foods and really dive deep into your story, Denise. So um, when your daughter Vivian was turning just about one years old, it was Thanksgiving and you actually had to rush her to the hospital because of something she ate. And that's when you learned about food allergies. So can you take us through that journey a little bit? Sure thing. So on Thanksgiving, she had um, she had a food for the first time, and we didn't think anything of it because she was fine right after. But a couple hours later, she began vomiting, and she ended up throwing up like fourteen times over five hours. And so we went to the emergency room, and by the time we got there, she was totally fine. Um, and so they attributed it to a stomach bug, and we didn't think twice about it. And then a couple weeks later, she ate the same food, and the same thing happened. And we we're like, okay, well, this isn't a coincidence. Um, and so we took her to an allergist and she wasn't quite one yet. And so they don't do like the skin prick testing, but the allergist, thank God, gave us an EpiPen um, because she was like, it seems like maybe she'll have an issue with food allergies at some point. She had like some eczema that was presenting. And so there were signs that she would have food allergies. And so right at her first birthday, we went back and did the testing. And it turns out she's allergic to tree nuts and bananas. Um, and then we so the doctor was like, oh, well, you should totally introduce peanuts immediately. It was a Wednesday afternoon, about a month after her first birthday. I will remember this day like in, etched in my memory forever. She right. had a snack um, that was made with just peanuts and corn. And soon as she bit into it, like her lips started to swell up, her tongue started to started to swell up. She started to turn blue. It was all so fast. And so we rushed her to the emergency room and we administered both EpiPens. Thank goodness we had them. Um, and she's fine now. But turns out she's allergic to corn, which they don't commonly test for. So the peanuts were totally fine. It was the corn that was the culprit. And so that's when I realized the severity of, of her food allergies. Wow. And first of all, how scary. And I'm sorry you had to go through all of that, but I'm glad that it has a positive, happy ending. But Mm -hmm. corn, corn is in everything. Everything. It's so tricky and all the corn derivatives and it's just everywhere, which I never paid attention to before because I don't have any dietary restrictions. Do you guys remember there was a documentary about this and it's pretty old now and it was called King Corn. And I remember watching it and I was like, corn syrup and corn products are in everything and they are fed to the animals on factory farms. So even if you wanted to live a corn-free diet but still eat meat, it's absolutely very, I'm not going to say impossible, but it's very, very tough to live without corn. So that sounds like this is why you created your business. So tell us about that. 
So shortly after that, our nanny, Martha, who actually has some equity in the business now, was like, your daughter is on the most boring diet ever. Like you don't ever give her any treats. You don't ever give her anything fun. And at the time I was working in Coca-Cola's Venturing and Emerging Brands group on brands like Honest Tea and Zico Coconut Water and really enjoyed what I was doing. And so I was telling Martha all my woes about how, you know, when I started to turn over the packaged gluten-free and vegan snacks, I'd always assume that they were healthier, but I realized that sometimes they were worse than their their quote unquote normal counterparts. They had so much right. sugar and gums and starches and nutritionally empty flours. And then I felt like there were brands that did a good job nutritionally, but I feel like kids are also the most honest critics. And so my daughter would literally refuse to eat some of the things. Um, and then I think the biggest impetus was I started to see and think about how anxious she would be and self-conscious she would be about her food allergies and how people who are on a restricted diet, whether out of medical necessity like her or someone with celiac or because of personal preference who's like someone who's vegan or gluten-free by choice, like it's not fun when all the fun social events revolve around food and you feel like you can't fully participate. And while a lot of the brands that existed provided a safe solution it wasn't a cool solution. And so I wanted to create a brand that made products that tasted good, had ingredients you could understand and felt good about eating, but was cool enough that like a normal person would want to choose to eat the products. Yeah. And you did a great job of that. I think that's the that's the current trend that's going on now is that healthy products are becoming more tasty where there was a time when they when they weren't. I remember when <laughs> vegan cheese was terrible and now it's amazing and like gourmet and delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm so I'm so glad that you guys are on the forefront of this and what was it like meeting Jay-Z? <laughs> I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> Well, that was pretty awesome. So Jay-Z's venture fund, Marcy Venture Partners, uh, led our seed round of funding last summer. And so I did have a chance to meet Jay-Z at at their annual meeting. And I've just always been such a huge fan of his. So for him to even know that Partake exists and and to believe in our mission and to believe in me as as a founder is just like a dream come true. Absolutely. And congratulations. That's absolutely amazing. I saw there's articles all over the place. So it really did go viral, the fact that you guys, you know, are now a very well-known brand. But when you started, I read that you had some challenges, um, you know, raising capital. So many challenges in the beginning. So we left. uh, I had the idea for Partake in the summer of 2016. I left my career at Coca-Cola in the summer of 2017 and launched Partake with three flavors of cookies. We were totally self-funded and self-distributing, aka I would sell cookies out of the back of my SUV to natural food stores in New York and New Jersey. And that went on for quite a while, all the way until like the next summer. So June of 2018, we got our first big break, which was getting into one region of Whole Foods and then a month later getting into Wegmans, which was fantastic, but also came with a lot of cost. And at that point, we'd really like tapped pretty far into our savings. I ended up having to like empty my 401k to continue to run the business. I I sold my engagement ring um, and and we raised a friends and family round, just like collecting small checks here and there. Um, But it gave us the, the capital that we needed to work on our mission and for the business to thrive. And then it brought us to the point where last summer we were able to scale the business some and raise that money from, from Jay-Z's fund. I love that. I feel like uh, you're walking the walk of the entrepreneur. 
you know, uh, my, my husband and, I, and myself are also entrepreneurs. We have our, our company and we've been through our own challenges. And like, I feel like when I hear, we watch a lot of Shark Tank and when I hear like, I sold him out of the back of my car, I'm like, yeah, she's doing it. So that's awesome. Yeah, you definitely get a new a new appreciation for entrepreneurship. I think it's so glamorized in today's society. You see like these huge launch parties and these fundraisers and all the like fun glamorous stuff, but like 90% of it is not that. It's the day-to-day grind. Right. Well, and selling your engagement ring shows your dedication. You know, it's like, okay, we're doing this. We're going to risk it. It's like, if you're not willing to lose everything, to risk losing everything, you may not be a true entrepreneur. (laughs) That is very true. I thought I was a risk averse person until I got into this business. And now I realize that I actually am more of a risk taker than I thought. Yeah, that's amazing. And so how is it now with your daughter? And has she like, tell me about her process of learning, like, okay, you know, what she she's four years old now? She just turned five, uh, like eight weeks ago. Oh, okay, great. So she's five years old. And does she understand these food allergies? Does she have any understanding that she is eating differently? Or has it kind of been ingrained in her like, oh, well, we just eat this way now. And this is the norm. She definitely is aware of it. Um, Once she started to go to school, it became very apparent because she notices that she's eating a different lunch than a lot of her friends. Um, But I think it's interesting in today's society, like she has a lot of friends who are gluten-free or may not have like a wheat allergy and friends who are vegan and friends who don't eat certain foods. And so I think it's almost like normal and cool and accepted to have very different tastes. So I don't feel like she feels super self-conscious about it. I also think that like one of the biggest blessings that's come out of this is she's really learned to advocate for herself because like we'll still, we still try to live a totally normal life. So we go out to dinner and we're on vacations and I'll say to the, to the waiter, like, you know, my daughter has these life-threatening food allergies. This is what they are. And if we sit down and I don't say it fast enough, she'll like speak up and be like, I need to make sure that my food is safe for me. These are the things that I can't eat. And I'm like, you go girl. I hope you continue to advocate your, for yourself in this way as you grow up. Oh, Yeah. I know. It is really sweet. And like, I bet coming from her, it has a bigger impact because honestly, there are times where I go to the restaurant and I feel so judged by mm-hmm. the fact that I need to ask for the plant-based meal and they don't have it. So I need the chef to throw some vegetables on a pizza together without any cheese or whatever it might be. And I It's like sometimes I've said I have a food allergy to get over the fact that, I mean, to get the waiter over the fact that I need a special meal because it's not me being um, a Karen, like they call them these days. It's not me being um, a snob. It's me taking care of my body with the foods that will serve it because I have food sensitivities. I don't have an allergy that means I need an EpiPen to survive. But when you have sensitivities, it can be just as severe. Well, I should rephrase. When you have sensitivities, it can be severe, just not quite as severe as someone who has a life-threatening allergy. And it's time for restaurants to recognize that and to go, okay, we have options for you. Definitely. So it's one of the frustrating things about dining out sometimes because I think like you would expect that restaurants would be willing to to cater to their customers different dietary restrictions but i find that oftentimes that coming from me like i kind of get the eye roll and like could she really be allergic to that many things and like we have to you know it's it sometimes requires a chat with the chef and a chat with the manager cuz you do want to make sure that your your needs are being recognized but it, it does get frustrating at times 
Oh, absolutely. I feel you. I think it's getting better. Like we're definitely seeing a shift and you guys are in New York, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm in LA and it's like New York and LA and the bigger cities are on the forefront of this. So it's really refreshing, but my heart goes out to people in um, smaller cities or smaller towns who don't have as much access or options to um, restaurants or even grocery stores that have more of these gluten-free or vegan or plant-based or wholesome ingredients, you know, food that is food that is food. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. All right. So take us through Partake Food. So I'm on the website and I want to eat everything, all of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> the birthday cake cookies. I just need that in my life right now. I have to send you all cookies. So, you know, I think when I tried to build, when I built Partake, I tried to look at all the things that I felt like were wrong with the snacks I was finding for my daughter. So first of all, I didn't like the taste of anything. I wanted things to taste indulgent and to taste like what you were used to and, and to taste really good. And then I wanted the ingredients to be ingredients you felt good about. So from a flour perspective, we use organic buckwheat flour. We use organic millet flour. We use cassava flour. Uh, we do sweeten with organic fair trade cane sugar, but you'll find we're like 20 to 50% less sugar than most gluten-free and vegan cookie options on the market. We don't use any gums or starches or stabilizers. Everything's free of the top eight allergens. So over 90% of people can eat them safely. Everything's certified gluten-free, certified vegan and kosher and non-GMO and everything's made in a top eight allergen free facility. So you don't have to worry about cross-contamination. I was going to say, tell us about your process. Like you have so many cookies and I want them all. How did you develop them? How long did it take you to develop them? Like tell us about your process. Sure. So we've evolved quite a bit. Before we launched, we couldn't afford to do like a legit focus group. I remember when I was at Coke, we would spend like $40,000 for like tiny focus groups. And I clearly, that was not an option for me. So I created a survey monkey and I sent it to 10 mom friends. And then I each asked each of them to send it to 10 additional mom friends to try to figure out like what ingredients people wanted to see, what flavors people wanted to see. And so when we initially launched, the flavor names were slightly different. We had three flavors. We had sweet potato millet. We we had carrot oat and we had chocolate, sprouted grain chocolate chip. And what we realized was that oftentimes this mainstream consumer says that they want to be super healthy, but that the flavor names maybe aired on the side of slightly too healthy. And so we kept the same ingredients and just changed the flavor names to make them a little bit more approachable. And then we, a lot of the flavors have evolved based on like my daughter's taste. Like we look at like syndicated data and like look at the market and do real research. But a lot of the things that we do are based on just like needs that my family has. And so I realized like this birthday cake trend and confetti, funfetti stuff was like taking off and there was nothing allergy friendly in that space. So I was like, well, we must have a birthday cake cookie. And then she's like addicted, well, not addicted, but she loves chocolate. And so we created this double chocolate that we snuck beets into. And then I felt like she was like crunchy cookied out. So she was like, so we created soft cookies. And then I was eating um, cookie butter one day and she was like, what is that mom? And I explained and she was like, that sounds delicious. But there was no option that met her food allergies. So we created a cookie butter cookie. So I will say my daughter has like been the inspiration behind so many of the flavors that we have. Well, my mouth is watering. How about yours, Susie? Uh, yeah. Well, that's your target audience. So there you go. Like if you can please your, your kid and make them happy, you're going to have a successful company. Hopefully so. And I feel like for me, this is an opportunity. So for example, whenever back in the day, five years ago, and we were allowed to have parties, wait, that was three months ago, um, I always would have 
Um, I have Oscar parties. I just have a great house for entertaining. Or I, if I was going to a party, I always create the vegan cheese plate. And so I would have a curation of some of my favorite cheeses that are all plant-based that all taste slightly different. And people are just like, what is this? It is so good. And they are blown away when you tell them they are dairy-free, you know, they're vegan and people can't believe it. So this is another opportunity, in my opinion. It's like, what can you bring to the party? You're going to a birthday party. You're going to your friend's house. You, you want to bring dessert. Bring the cookies and let people realize like, how easy it can be to eat delicious food that is free of all of these, you know, agents that we don't want in our food, right? Yeah. Now I use the party explanation all the time. That's what that's what our goal is to become that the go-to brand that if you have like your friends over who have different allergies or different restrictions and just want to eat stuff that isn't made with terrible ingredients, like we we want to be a go-to brand for that. And Denise, why is it important to not only shop at small businesses, but businesses owned by people of color? You know, I think um, my experience as a woman of color has been interesting in the food space. Like I'm so used to being an only. Even when I was at Coca-Cola, I think there was one other person of color in our entire like emerging grants group. And then like similarly, this uh, new racial uh, awakening uh, Mm -hmm. that's going on in the country has been like a really bittersweet time for us because we've gotten a lot of amplification of our brand and so many influencers and publications that we never would have dreamed would have even known we existed have like shouted our brand out, which has been really awesome, but really not awesome and like saddens and angers me when I think about like the scenarios that have caused there to be this new awakening. But I'm hoping that we can use the good that's coming our way to hopefully put some more good into the universe. In June, we saw our biggest month on e-com ever. Like literally we've done more this month than we did in all of 2019. But thankfully, as the universe would have it, we had partnered with the Food Equality Initiative this month, which provides um Food, they provide meals and snacks to food insecure families with food allergies. And so we've been able to support over 2,000 families this month with our donation. And so, like, I feel like the universe is conspiring to hopefully allow us to do some more good. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting experience as, as a woman of color in this space between raising venture capital and having a food and beverage business. Wow. Well, we're we're proud and happy to promote you and amplify your voice. Before we were doing that, but now, like you said, because of the awakening, we plan to do it more than ever. And yes, it is a ridiculous reason why we have to do that, but we are happy to support however we can. I appreciate it. And I'm hopeful that there's going to be like, this will affect some real change in our society moving forward. I think it has to. It's like, (laughs) this is it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, this is kind of what it reminds me of what happened with gay marriage and a lot of other revolutions throughout history. And it's like, once it changes, it really does change. And so with what you've seen and experienced in your life, do you think that you will see the end of this like systemic racism in our society in within your lifetime? God, I hope so. I mean, I think that this time feels different to me and it feels like companies and investors and people are really putting a stake in the ground and a lot of them are kind of quantifying what they're going to do. So, um, you know, PepsiCo made an announcement this week that they're going to don't not donate. They're going to spend $400 million on businesses founded by people of color and amplify and in promoting their black uh, employees and, and like in focusing on people of color. And so I think as more and more companies and more and more investors and more and more people 
actually like lay out quantifiable results that they expect to happen. It has to create change. Absolutely. I could not agree more. That's amazing. Well, this has been a blast. Thank you so much, Denise, for sharing your story with us. Any um, final words, you know, words of advice for other parents who might be dealing with a um, child who maybe they recently discovered they have food allergies, or maybe right now they're going, maybe this is what's happening. And I just haven't realized this is why my child is sickly or, or having episodes or something like that. Any advice for parents? I would say pay really close attention. Like there's some things that my daughter has that aren't food allergies per se, but like we've noticed that when she eats red dye that she has night terrors. And I mentioned this to our pediatrician and he was like, oh no, that's impossible. You can't be allergic to that. You can't have a sensitivity. And I went online and started talking to friends and I found pages upon pages of people who are experiencing the same thing. So like as much as our doctors are intelligent, like also take everything with a grain of salt because you know your child and your body better than anyone else. So, you know, pay attention. And I would say it's not the end of the world if your child does have food allergies or intolerances. Um, there's now I've learned about applied kinesiology. So there's definitely stuff that you can do. And there's now <laughs> safe snacks as well that you can share with your children. So, you know, I think that's oftentimes people like or had a very like, woe is me mentality around it, but you could still like live and thrive and be totally happy and normal and awesome with them. So, um, you know, I think advocate for your child, pay really close attention. And if that's still the case, like embrace it. Yes. And if you go to a doctor that says, oh, red doc- red number five isn't a thing. Don't believe what you read on the internet. Go find another, a second opinion, a third. I have a whole chapter in my book about red dye number five. Oh. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm so sorry that, they, you know, they're not trained. They don't know better. So, but it is their responsibility to learn, I believe. But just so many people do not know mm-hmm. that these things can absolutely have an effect on children and adults. And so, yeah, do your research. And I know we can't trust everything on the internet, but keep researching. Find someone who who understands all of these things, like the toxins in our environment, the toxins in our food supply, the toxins in our soil, the toxins in our air, so they can help you come up with a solution. Because not every person is allergic to red dye number five, but the people that are, it can be earth shattering, you know? Mm -hmm. And then to realize all you had to do was remove it because you ate Twizzlers every day or whatever it might be. I mean, it's in many things. Um, it could change your life. Exactly. Well, thank you, Denise. So your website, I am on right now, partakefoods.com. Where can everyone stalk you on Instagram, follow you on social, all that good stuff? Sure. So you can find Partake Foods with an S on all social channels on Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. We're in all the places. And then you can find me on Instagram at dgwoodard, W-O-O-D-A-R-D. And can you introduce us to Jay-Z? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just waiting to meet Beyonce. Just exactly. kidding. That's what I was really angling for, but I was like one step at a time. <laughs> our um, our producer of the show has a shirt and she used to wear it when she would come over um, back in the day when we did interviews in person and it says, don't worry, Beyonce. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. Food Heals Nation, are you tired of feeling tired? Do you always hit the snooze and then slam your head straight back onto the pillow? With all of the problems and issues you face, you have to take care of at work, at home, with your family, with your friends. It's no wonder you feel so tired. I know that you take care of a lot of different things. But let me ask you, if you really stop to think about it, 
who takes care of you. Magnesium Breakthrough is an all-natural supplement that helps you reduce fatigue, sleep much more peacefully, manage your stress, and strengthen muscle weakness. It even improves your heart and brain function. And while most magnesium supplements aren't actually full spectrum, Magnesium Breakthrough is the only magnesium supplement on the market that contains the optimal ratio of all seven essential types of magnesium, like magnesium chelate, This is for muscle strength, recovery, and health. Magnesium malate. That is to help with headaches, chronic pain, and depression. And magnesium L-theronate. This improves your brain function, including your short-term and long-term memory. Imagine if you had the strength and energy to get out of bed every morning and face the day boldly, courageously, to be able to show up as your best self and keep that energy up throughout the day and into the night. So... If you want to feel stronger, more energized, get the best night's sleep you've had in, well, forever, check out buyoptimizers.com slash foodheals. You can use my exclusive promo code foodheals10 and you'll get 10% off your next order. And you'll be amazed at how much better you start to feel by taking this magnesium breakthrough. I know it's working for me. I know it's going to work for you. So check out buyoptimizers.com slash foodheals and commit to a stronger and more energetic you. And remember, Food Heals Nation, really, nothing will change unless you make it happen. It's time to start taking care of you. You know, I always say the only thing holding us back is ourselves. So don't hold back. Make the change now at buyoptimizers.com slash foodheals. Again, promo code foodheals10 will get you 10% off your next order. Our next guest is certainly building her wellness empire. She's the author of The Health Habit. She's a health coach. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a cooking show host. And she's a leading nutrition and whole living expert who teaches women around the world how to become the healthiest, most successful versions of themselves. She's been featured in Forbes, Shape.com, Mind Body Green, BuzzFeed, and so many more. I'm so excited to talk with Elizabeth Ryder today. Elizabeth, tell us about building your online empire. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know (laughs) that this was a career or that it was even an option to have an online business. So my degree is actually in math. I had a emphasis in theory. I thought I was going to be a professor. I moved to Denver with some friends after college. I had a business minor and ended up getting a great job at Ernst & Young as a professional services firm because I just had this vision of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be like 30 and my parents are going to be paying my car insurance if I you know, keep going to school. So I ended up getting a great corporate job and did well. And then just fast forward about five years, I really liked the people that I worked with, but I was just like, this cannot be my life showing up at a corporate job, you know, and and I'm a hard worker. I knew whatever I would do, I would work hard and I would put my all into it. So I kind of stumbled into this idea of online business. I was, had a food blog on the side completely as a hobby blog. I was feeling really unhealthy in my corporate job and I had been taking recipes and making them healthier and then posting. I had a free blogger blog. Do you remember blogger? Yes. I had like five of those that nobody read, but it was so fun. It was like before WordPress was even invented. And actually I think WordPress 
was invented in Denver. And I remember somebody talking about it, about this thing that was going to be like the future. And it was so like esoteric. I didn't even know what was happening, but anyways. And now everything is on WordPress. <laughs> I know now I can't live without WordPress. So started with my free blogger blog. There was a lot of steps in between and a lot of stumbling, a lot of life in between, but just kept progressing from free blog version to free blog version, realizing that, oh, there's this WordPress template thing. I think my first website that I paid for cost a hundred bucks to get a WordPress template and have somebody like customize the header for me. Right, right. <laughs> right. And I just had a knack for recipes and started seeing a lot of organic traffic from recipes, came across the idea of, you know, having this blog and being able to sell things on the blog. Kind of at the same time, I discovered B-School with Marie Forleo. I was in her second year ever of B-School, so nine years ago. Also discovered the idea of becoming a health coach. And I was in Integrative Nutrition's first, they called it distance learning back then, because it used to be in person in New York City. And then they decided, to, well, people all over the world should be able to do this. So they actually recorded the entire year of curriculum on an iPod. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yes. Remember the little colored iPods? Yes, of course. I think I have one somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And it's funny. It's, this isn't even that long ago, really, but it just seems so different now. You know, they were calling it distance learning and now it's just online learning. Now it's all online. They'd only do like one conference a year in person. So I still have that little red iPod and I kept the charger because you know, the teachers are contracted for that year and they can, you know, give to a certain amount of students. So some of the teachers have even passed away or, you know, they can't give those, the lectures that I got in my nutrition training aren't even available online right now. So I have this like little iPod that I break out sometimes if I want to re-listen to something. That's so awesome. Yeah. So I kind of, I don't want to say I just stumbled into it and I just snapped my fingers and made it happen because that is definitely not the case. There was a lot of trial and error and just learning and then just gradually understanding like, oh, this can be a business. Yeah, absolutely. And what was it that got you passionate about nutrition and wellness and health? Like, did you have a health story? Oh, yeah, definitely my own health struggles. So I and this is in my book, I was walking up the stairs when I was 18. I was in high school about to graduate. And I had to sit down because I was so winded, which was strange, because I was very much in shape. I was a dancer. And a friend took me to the nurse's office. And I ended up in the emergency room, they did a full blood panel. And the doctor called my mom that night and said, you need to go pick up this thyroid medicine prescription right now. Her thyroid levels are so off that we're surprised she can even get out of bed, which was so strange because I was young and I was fit. And there was like no reason to have these thyroid issues, but kind of even backing up before that I had had strep throat after strep throat after strep throat, which meant antibiotic round after antibiotic round. When I was 14, 15, I had my tonsils taken out when I was 15, which is pretty old to have your tonsils taken out. And then ended up with mono right after that. So this just progression of this series of things that were knocking down my immune system and, you know, carrying this chronic virus and these thyroid issues and, you know, just really trying to understand what was going on with my own health. And I just popped a little thyroid pill every morning for, you know, 15 years. And really it was just trying to feel better, trying to have more energy for me in understanding nutrition and, and how to feed myself. Yeah. And I feel like that has happened to so many people where you're taking a pill every day, your whole entire life and going, well, why aren't I getting better? Why aren't I feeling better? And it's because we're not taking that holistic approach to health. And so what was it for you that when everything started to change and you started to feel like amazing? Yeah. I mean, it was, it's still up and down. I mean, I'll be really honest with you, even being a health coach and having the expertise that I have now, it's still up and down. But what I've really learned is that I have to focus on the self-care piece of really taking care of stress levels, sleeping enough, eating real food, and just monitoring, you know, because especially with a virus like Epstein-Barr, that's what mono is. That's active Epstein-Barr. That's what all the tests show. And having thyroid issues, 
sometimes I feel really great. And sometimes I just feel really run down. And it's usually kind of a slow progression. Like I'll feel great for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few months later, I'll be like, have I been feeling great for a while? Or has it been just like a few weeks of kind of sliding down? I know for me, when I start to not feel well, it's because I haven't been sleeping enough. I've been staying up too late, probably eating more sugar, having more wine than I should have. (laughs) Don't know what you mean. Yeah. Not focusing on that self-care piece. And so in the health habit, you go through some of those self-care rituals. Can you give us some right now? Yeah, definitely. So for me, it's going to sleep early enough that I can get a really good night's sleep. I am a night owl by nature. So if I had my druthers about it, I would stay up all night. God, me too. I love staying up late. (laughs) I know I do too. But here's what I I dislike so much. I I don't like using the word hate, but I will say I hate waking up late because I Mm -hmm. feel like I don't get anything done during the day. So it's well worth it enough for me to go to sleep early. So yeah, it's like you feel like you're constantly trying to catch up with the day because you didn't quite get up early enough. And then you're like, Oh, now I'm in rush mode. And that doesn't go away throughout the day because you woke up that way. Right. And then you want to stay up late again the next night because you got up late. (laughs) I have something to add, ladies. I wanted to just pipe in and add that I was listening to this great audiobook version of a book called Why We Sleep. And there's scientific proof that some people are night owls, that their rhythms are best at night. And then some people are early risers. And they've done studies on this. And evolutionarily wise, this was so when we were in clans, that some people would wake up earlier and be on the lookout for danger. And some people would be able to stay up later and be on the lookout for danger. Mm-hmm. So that the whole clan was only unprotected, maybe two or four hours, a whole 24 hour period. I found that really interesting because I am also a night owl and I used to feel guilty about it. And after hearing that, I'm like, oh, okay, it's my genetic makeup. It's okay. Yes. You're protecting the clan. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. No, I agree with that. It's interesting health wise. I mean, there's obviously there's so much research and so many different studies because that's odd obviously true. And I agree with that. There's also studies that show that have proven that if we sleep in later and we shift our eating schedule later, it's actually more difficult to maintain our health. It becomes more difficult to sleep. It becomes more difficult to maintain a healthy weight. It becomes more difficult to have higher energy levels. So yeah, I think it comes down to per the individual person, you have to do what works for you and what feels good for you. Absolutely. And you guys know that I'm a big fan of the miracle morning, but I don't do my rituals at 4.30 a.m. or 5 (laughs) a.m. I might do them at 9am and it's okay. And it's just what you said. It's like, I figured out how to hack it to work for me and my body and my habits. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know for me, I start winding down my day at eight o'clock. I have to intentionally make an effort to do that kind of turning the lights down. I take a melatonin and a magnesium. If it's winter or fall months, I'll take a hot bath, turn the temperature down on the thermostat. And that's not every night, right? Like, you know, Friday or Saturday night, sometimes I stay out late with friends or I go to my sister's house or I'm traveling. What I talk about in the book a lot is good health. And actually I think success in anything is about consistency, not perfection, right? It doesn't have to be every single night. You need to be in a rhythm and you have to be consistent, but have that loud and late dinner with friends, right? I mean, go to a birthday party. It doesn't have to be every night. I mean, that's what I do. All right. So we've got sleep. What are some of the other self-care rituals? The other thing that I have to really be intentional about because it's so easy for me to slip out of this is I don't sleep with my phone in my bedroom. I don't either. Because it is so difficult for me to not just hop on social media the first part of the day. So staying off of social media and email the first at least hour of my day has been life-changing, I feel like, for my energy levels and my health because I have a really easy morning. I have a red light that I sit in front of and I read, have my morning hot water with lemon and coffee. I always have coffee after that. And just having an easier morning because all the social media and the email is still there. It's the same an hour later. But 
you know, it's just that want that like, you know, little hit of adrenaline every time you open it. So I know if I have my phone in my room, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to use it. So keeping the phone out of the room is big for me. I mean, we are training ourselves to be phone addicts. You know how many times I check the phone? It like tells you now your screen time. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, like this is so unhealthy. So I also, I keep the phone out of my room and then I turn my Wi-Fi off at night as well. So I can't just immediately get on my laptop or get on the internet. And also, you know, I don't want all the EMFs, you know, while I'm sleeping because that can interfere with sleep as well. Totally. And I think in you know, bedroom wise, if you can having as close to blackout as you can. So depending on where you live and you know, your situation with, I just have like these blackout shades that I got on Amazon. I have an apartment and I got these, they're white, but they're black on the other side. So they completely black out all light. I don't have any lights, even from an alarm clock. I have like an analog battery alarm clock. Nothing's plugged in in my bedroom. So I'm big on the EMFs too. I will say the one thing I haven't figured out is there are nights where I really like to listen to an Abraham Hicks meditation mm. and it's on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like a little app. So I put my phone in airplane mode and turn off cellular because when I put that on and I lay on an acupressure mat, I fall asleep to it. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And it's such a, a peaceful way to fall asleep. But then I'm like, oh, I have my phone and I don't have another way to listen to it because it's an app and you have to have it on the phone. So <laughs> that's the one thing I haven't figured out. But I do put it in airplane mode and turn off cellular. Someone's going to come up with that for all of the people just like us. We're like, but my meditations at night. <laughs> I know. That's a good idea. Who's going to come up with that? Email me. Let's partner. All right. What other self-care rituals you got? Oh my gosh. Well, another thing, and I focus a lot on this is that your rituals and your goals need to be daily and actionable. So it's not just like healthy eating. When somebody say, what's a self-care ritual? I wouldn't just say healthy eating. Like it needs to be very specific. So for me, that the very first thing I eat in the day, no matter what is healthy, that even if I wanted something else, you know, pancakes or a bagel or stuff that I normally don't crave, but even if I did, I would tell myself I can still have that. But the first thing I'm going to eat is going to be whole food because studies show that if we eat something high in refined sugar and high in refined flours first thing in the morning, something that spikes our blood sugar, we'll eat up to twice as much food during the day and be hungrier during the day. And I don't want to live my life feeling hungry. <laughs> and if I eat like carbs like that, I crash. It's like, cause it converts to sugar. And I'm yeah. just like, you're really high. And then you're like, Oh, I need a nap. And you're like, Oh my God, it's noon. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, breakfast is called breakfast because you're breaking your fast, obviously from the night before. Yeah. So whatever it is, breaking a fast with something low in sugar that has protein and fiber and hopefully some kind of hydration in it so that you have an ease into starting your eating window for the day. So I don't tell myself I can't have things. If I'm traveling and I'm at a brunch with friends and someone's like, this is the best French toast I've ever tasted. I'll be like, great. You know, I'll have a bite of that. Like I'll try it. I'm not going to not eat it. But the first thing I eat has to be low in sugar, have protein and fiber and some kind of hydration in it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a fan. And what about fasting? Are you a faster? I'm not an extreme faster, but I'm a big fan of the idea of intermittent fasting from the sense of having an eating window during the day. I usually eat my eating windows kind of like nine or 10 AM. And I really try and be done with dinner by like five or 6 PM. And the important thing about that is that it's not about eating less. It's just about condensing the window in which you eat and having a longer fasting period between dinner and breakfast the next day to let your insulin levels reset. So the mistake people make is they try to do intermittent fasting like that, but then they eat less food and they're hungry. So if you're going to do that, you've got to eat enough at dinner so that you're not hungry, right? You should never be feeling hungry. If you're ever hungry, I tell people you've just got to eat something healthy if you're hungry. 
there are supplements that you can take that you can get your nutrition in so that you're not actually hungry. And then I know if I'm hungry, then it's because it's an emotional hunger or some sort of trigger and it's not like a physical hunger because A, I ate and then B, I'm getting the supplementation extra that I need. You know, I tell people if you're going to do this for dinner, make sure like you're eating salmon with, you know, quinoa and a big salad or a black bean burrito bowl or something that's so filling that you're not going to be hungry all night. Don't just have like a little, you know, tiny protein shake with no food in it and then trying to not eat until breakfast the next day because you're going to be hungry all night. Yeah, totally. So tell us about Elizabeth Eats, which is on FM TV, Food Matters TV. Yes. Elizabeth Eats is my healthy cooking show where it's so interesting. I think there's like 40 episodes now. It's just about healthy home cooking. And I'm all about simplicity. Like I love all the fun gadgets and all the exotic ingredients too. But at the end of the day, I like to teach people what are simple things you can do at home that you enjoy? So Elizabeth Eats is all just about making real food at home and making it enjoyable. Yeah. And you graduated from Cornell University's plant-based nutrition program. Like how does that shape what you do? Yeah. I'm a huge fan of a plant-based eating style. Obviously you are as well. I believe that there's not one right way for everyone. So I'm really open to things. I think regardless of how you choose to eat, everybody does really well on plants, right? Everyone can feel better from eating more plants. So I think for a lot of people going towards a plant-based lifestyle, it's how do you make a plant-based lifestyle taste really delicious, right? Because I think a lot of people either gravitate towards packaged food or they just look at a bunch of vegetables and they're like, well, I don't know what to do with that. So for me, a lot of it's, you know, combining flavors and making pestos and sauces and understanding, you know, making cashew cream to make a really creamy pasta, understanding how you can take real whole food and turn it into something absolutely delicious. And you don't need all of the chemicals and preservatives and packaged food. 100%. I mean, I think Susan and I are on the same page where we kind of believe that you have to find what works for you and there's no perfect diet for everybody. And if someone tells you there is like Atkins or gluten-free or all the things, it's like, no, that works for some people some of the time, (laughs) but it's not really going to work for you. Yeah, for sure. I don't label my eating habits because I have the type of personality that if I start to label my eating habits, then it's too extreme and I feel really constricted and restricted and it almost borderline goes into like an eating disorder territory for me. So I don't label my eating habits. And I talk about this in the book. Some people feel more free labeling their eating habits. They want to say that they're gluten-free. They feel more free having the black and white labels. If that works for someone, that's great. You should do that. I'm a moderator. It just works better for me not to label my eating habits. Yeah. And I'm with you. Like even, okay, I'm plant-based, but I call myself plant-powered. But literally I'll be at like a dinner or something and I'll be like asking about a menu item and I'll just say like, hey, is there any way we could customize like this? And one of my friends will scream, she's vegan. And like the waiters are like, well, we don't know what to do with that. I mean, not everywhere in LA, they're pretty good, but I'm just like, no, please don't use that word because there's so much judgment around it. And then they're like, oh, you can't even eat bread. And I'm like, no, I eat bread. Bring me the bread. (laughs) So it's like, people don't know what it is or what it means. So then I get stuck with like, then they're like, only thing we have for you, ma'am, is lettuce and a potato or something. Right. right. There's so much on this menu I can eat. That's why it's like, everyone calm down and be quiet about the vegan at the table because they don't want you to say that word half of the time, unless you're like at a very conscious restaurant where they get it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and the other thing that happens too, is we start to hear diet labels and someone's like vegan, gluten-free, paleo. And when you start to take on many food labels, you really do 
for yourself. Like I've had times where I've tried to be a lot of different food labels at once. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I can't eat anything, which is, you know, borderline disordered eating. So I don't label my eating habits, but I think if people, especially if someone's on my blog, they would think that I'm vegan because most of my recipes are completely plant-based. I just gravitate towards that. It's what I like. Yeah. Once I tried to do keto, vegan, intermittent fasting, gluten-free. And let me tell you, I was like, I don't know what to eat. But I know people that do it successfully. I I can't. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, for a lot of people who, you know, want to follow a healthy eating style who may or may not, you know, who gravitate towards gluten free. But then there's that, you know, you're in Italy and you're like, I'm going to eat the pasta here, right? Or it's like you're at home for Christmas and your mom makes her one lasagna dish that you eat once a year, you know, and then we feel guilty. It's usually guilt around food that's worse for us than the food that we ate. So I think we need to drop the guilt and the shame and the labels and focus on what you can have, not on what you can't have. Yeah. Susie and I ate all the pasta in Italy, shame-free. I think it's different. It is different over there. They use different wheat. I remember, I told the story on here before, but I remember seeing an article about how there were protests when Canada tried to force their wheat onto Italy. And Italy was like, we don't want your poisonous wheat because you use glyphosate (laughs) and we don't need it. And they're right. They have a completely different, I mean, farm to table to them is just food. It's not a movement. It's like, yeah, that's how we eat. (laughs) Duh. So it's completely different quality of food. Totally. I think, you know, I worked with some functional medicine specialists and there are some ideas that, you know, this whole idea of gluten, it's not that really the gluten that's so bad for us. It's all the glyphosate and the wheat. Yeah. Yeah, And I will say, so we talked about this on the show before I forget what episode, but we were like, oh, there's no glycophosphate or what was it? Glyphosate. (laughs) Roundup basically. And my show notes writer who lives in England said, guess what guys, there is now. (laughs) <laughs> so it's oh, taking yeah. over. Well, it's almost impossible to avoid too because of just the earth absorbing things and wind and you know things are carried. Even in organic food, there's some level of pesticides in organic food because the wind and the soil and the rain carry things around, right? So yeah, it's bad news for a lot of things. Yeah, it's sad that you can't have an organic farm that's truly organic anywhere near a farm that's not because yeah, groundwater, wind, all the things. Yeah, yeah. But, and I will say- I want to leave people on a positive note with that, that our bodies are so, even if we don't feel well, as we're healing and as we're eating real food, our bodies are magical machines that are created to filter things out. And so if you can get to a healthy state and work towards health, it's okay if some of that gets in because your body is a miraculous filtration system and is designed to start to filter some of that out. We don't want to overload our bodies with that, right? We don't want to be eating all the food with glyphosate and we don't want to be eating all the food with pesticides, but I don't also don't want people to like stress out and panic that some of it, like the wind carried some of it onto their organic apples. That's okay. Your body's a miraculous machine. Well, you know, I have this theory. I've also shared this on the show before, but my theory is, is that each body has a certain kind of tank about how much it can filter out. And that's genetic, right? And well, nature and nurture, I guess, but mainly genetic. And some people can tolerate a lot more toxic substances in the air, food, water, you know, and some less. And everybody's different and you don't know when your tank is full. So that's why when they do studies and like, well, a little bit of this preservative or a little bit of this additive is okay. And it's like, yeah, but what else are we eating and breathing and drinking that adds to that, that will eventually fill up that tank? That's my theory. Yeah, for sure. It's just so interesting. I have a girlfriend who eats and drinks everything. 
<laughs> you know, she's just one of those. And, you know, I love everyone I want, you know, I, I love and support all my friends exactly as they are and who they are. So she's just one of those friends where I'm like, wow, she eats and drinks everything. She's at like a perfect, healthy weight. She sleeps well. She has a ton of energy. She doesn't have any health problems. She has her annual physical. Nothing is wrong with her. So she's like, what's the problem? Like, what? why are you so like into all of this crazy health stuff? But for me, I do only have one kidney. And I think that maybe that has something to do with it. But I also have this chronic virus. And I have all these things happening. If I don't eat well for a week, it takes me like two months to recover. (laughs) So yeah, it is interesting. I mean, everybody has their different threshold for what they can take. That's what I mean. Your friend has a huge tank where she can tolerate a lot of stuff. She does. (laughs) (laughs) My tank is tiny. So let's talk about your 28 day quick start program that you're doing. In addition to your book, the health Habits: seven easy steps to reach your goals and dramatically improve your life. Yeah, for sure. So the 28 day program is in the book, which is great. You know, the book has all seven steps. It has 50 recipes. It has a 28 day kickstart. That is not a diet. It's called the 28 day healthy habits kickstart. Just really understanding how to implement daily actionable habits into your life that feel good because I don't know about you guys. I am so over trying to follow prescribed ways of living that don't feel good anymore. You know, one person's joy is another person's pain. Like if somebody does not want to get up and journal for 30 minutes every morning, I'm not going to tell them that they have to. So the 28 day kickstart is just full of things like self-care, also food things and ideas for people to customize their own 28 day plan that feels really good. Not something that somebody has to slog through and like, oh, I only have to get through the next two days. The idea of it is that it feels so good. You want to keep doing it. Absolutely. And I know for me, I'm constantly going, what's working? What's not? Sub this out. I just have all these healing tools in my toolbox. I take them out when I need them, but I don't have to subscribe to them every single day. And when I get sick of one, it's out for a while and I use another tool. And I think that's just once you have a bunch of those, you know, practices and tools, you can decide here's what really works and here's what resonates and here's what doesn't. You can throw it out. Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad you said that too. Just the whole notion, especially for women, we are cyclical by nature. I mean, we are very cyclical by nature every month, but you know, life happens in seasons and cycles. So because you are one eating style for one season, you might, I really shift to a lot of warming foods Mm -hmm. in the winter. You know, this whole idea, I have some friends who were raw for a while and they were almost like judgy towards me for eating cooked food in the winter. Uh And then, you know, I worked with an expert in traditional Chinese medicine. She's like, no, you need warming foods in the winter. And I used to feel so guilty about that. And I was like, no, that works for me. So I think, you know, again, allowing ourselves to be cyclical and you're going to have self-care tools that you use sometimes in some seasons of the year in life and some that you don't in others. So yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. The exact same thing happened to me. I think it's important to recognize that there's no one way, right? Like the Inuit lived off of whale blubber and whale meat for generations, for years and decades and hundreds of years. There's no one way for everybody. So it's important to find what works for you. And allow that to change. I think something that is that happens, and I think this is not happening as much anymore, that definitely for a while was that people would label their eating habits or they would say that they do something and then they realize that they needed to change. I mean, as we, like I said, go through the year, but even as we get older, like stuff changes in our bodies and we have to change. And the whole idea that we can't change or we can't choose again, I think has to go. So if you wanted to join the 28 day Kickstarter, where would we go? So get the book, the book's available wherever books are sold. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and my website. 
And the kickstart is in the book. And we also have the health habit book club, which is healthhabitbookclub.com. It's a Facebook group where you can get support in there as well. So fun. Do you have any final like health hacks or alternative medicine practices to take all of this next level? Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's my next book. Yeah. I think what I love about being a health coach and when I dove into this world and, and it's interesting, I've been a health coach for almost 10 years now and I still feel like I'm just getting started. I've done so many like Cornell's plant-based nutrition program and I've done all of these different programs. And what I've learned is there are so many phenomenal healing modalities available to us from around the world. And we can take different pieces of different healing modalities like Ayurveda from India, traditional Chinese medicine. Western medicine is hugely beneficial. So I would never say that we should never use it. It's just taking a piece from all these different things to heal. I would leave like one actual concrete thing. If you don't have a tongue scraper, do you guys use tongue scrapers? Obsessed. Obsessed. Good. Yeah. A tongue scraper. So anybody listening to this is just this little tool. I like a copper tongue scraper. You can get them online really easily or a stainless steel one. And you very gently don't do this hard because it's not comfortable. If you do it hard, you don't have to do it hard. You very gently just scrape your tongue off in the morning. And if you've never done this before, you will be horrified at what you see. There's so much bacteria there that we keep re-swallowing back into our digestive system. It's trying to come out of your body. So just helping that come out of your body and you'll actually taste your food more. Your food will taste better. Your breath will be sweeter. So it helps on so many different levels of your health. And it's also just a nice self-care ritual. To me now, it's like brushing my teeth. I can't even brush my teeth if I don't use a tongue scraper first. It just, I do it every morning and every night. But if, if someone's listening to this and you just want like one little thing to add in, that's something from the Ayurvedic practice and traditional Chinese medicine that you can add in that actually does improve your health. Yes. So I'm a huge tongue scraper. Um, Susie and I are also fans of the tooth powder versus toothpaste because I feel like it gets mm. my, my teeth so much cleaner. And then, yeah, the tongue scraper is cool because, okay, think about this. You wake up, you reach over, you have a glass of water next to your bed and you swallow. You are now swallowing all the bacteria that during the night your body like put out on your tongue. So before you drink that water, please use a tongue scraper because it's kind of disgusting to think about all of that going back and being absorbed into your body. I tongue scrape and brush before I drink water in the morning. Mm, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. Tell everyone one more time where they can find you online, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So elizabethrider.com. It's R-I-D-E-R. Sometimes people want to put a, put a Y in there. You can find me on Instagram at Elizabeth underscore writer, and you can grab the health habit on Amazon or like I said, Barnes and Noble, my website, wherever books are sold. All right. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Food Heals Nation, did you know that 32% of gluten-free products actually contain measurable amounts of gluten? And that as much as 53% of gluten-free pizzas and 51% of gluten-free pastas actually contain gluten as well. Shocking, I know. That's why I'm a fan of Gluten Away from our friends Tina and Billy at JustThriveHealth.com. Gluten Away is a unique formula designed to break down and remove gluten from the body so the gut can finally begin to heal and repair. Just take one capsule with food two to three times a day. That's it. That's enough to improve the gut barrier, purge the remaining gluten from our systems, and drastically reduce and eliminate symptoms of gluten intolerance. So what makes Gluten Away so effective? It's the blend of spore-based probiotics, yeast strains, and digestive enzymes. And it can start showing results in as little as three days. Get started today at JustThriveHealth.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS10 to save 10% off. And pro tip, 
put your probiotics on auto ship so you never have to think about them and you never run out. Just thrivehealth.com, coupon code FOODHEALS10. There are two women on a mission to make the world a much more compassionate place with their online show, Plant-Based in the Burbs. Please welcome today's guests, Paige and Sherry. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. So glad to have you. So I feel like this is like a really sweet love story. Tell me how you guys met. Okay, well, I'll start with that, Paige, and you can help me if I, if I leave something out. Okay. Uh, we both are in the fitness business, um, and I met Paige. We both worked at an all-woman's gym, which was amazing. And I became Paige's trainer. And from then, that's where our love affair began. <laughs> began. <laughs> and, um, you know, being a trainer, you know, it's more than just working the body. You, you can get pretty intimate with your client because they're able to share some things that they're not, you know, because trainers have that confidentiality. And so most things stay with us. And so that's basically how Paige and I um, started our relationship. And as we progressed... I'm not sure how we end up getting into this. Uh, we thought about doing a show about uh, veganism, plant-based. This was about, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. And we played around with it and everything. And this was when our we first started our journey. And, um, you know, it, I don't know, it just happened. Time just passed by. And, you know, with our lives being busy, we're both moms, we're both wives, we have children. And all of a sudden, this time just happens to be now. And so that's how Plant-Based and the Burbs uh, started, because we wanted to share our journey uh, through plant-based uh, lifestyle. And yeah. what do you guys cover on Plant-Based and the Burbs? Okay, okay. Well, I got to say one thing, though, because I always got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry and I used to meet at 5 a.m., and I was notoriously late, anyone who knows me. Um, but she would not give me a hard time. She'd say, let's just go. Put the gloves on. Let's go. And we kickbox in the morning. Mm. And I was going through a challenge with my 21-year-old who was probably like 16 at the time. Um, and you know what? was just going back to that because there was nothing like getting there, punching it out, and then crying it out in the end. Oh. And uh-huh, and she was my girl. I mean, <laughs> I could say anything. And Sherry had been down the block, not the similar, but she her kids are you know, a few like three or four years older than mine and having boys. She's like, "Girl, just let it go or just tell them you love them and just give love." And she just kept coming from love and I'm like, "No, he's staying out. He's not you know, he's not doing this, not to, and she'd be like, love, 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 love is always the message. And that seriously, like truly felt like it saved, certainly saved my relationships. I have an incredible relationship with my 21 year old now, um, mm -hmm. which we were in the trenches. But the other thing that happened was we both were on this, on a similar path of going plant-based mm -hmm. um, in a sense that we were already started like just paying attention to what we were eating. And then she had a friend in her ear and I had a close friend for many years that would just tasty food, you know, and we'd go to restaurants and things. And so it was interesting that we were on parallel tracks, mm -hmm. but not necessarily like doing anything together. And there was this juice bar that opened up down below. And I said, Sherry, let's go down there. 
and, and let's go live. Like there's a whole new thing. Like there's a live thing, you know, on Facebook and Instagram or whatever. And so we, we did some things down with them with the juices mm -hmm. and we said, so we're kind of funny together. Like we're, we're good. We like, we're very opposite. She's tall, thin, and I'm like athletic and five, two, you know, five, three and like, you know, freckle face, redhead kind of. And we looked totally opposite, and we were kind of making each other laugh. We're like, this could be really fun. So um, I think your question was, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's what inspired us to want to put the energy out and the yeah. message out that it's easy, it can be fun, not 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 discrediting how it can be hard to yeah. let go of like, you know, dairy cheese and eggs and you know, uh, uh, you know animal products all around yeah. but to say hey if we can do it you can do it. we're moms yeah. and and you know we also have careers but if we can do it you can do it you guys are like the vegan odd couple but you have so much in common <laughs> even though you've got differences and that's that makes a great friendship right like how many of your friends are so different from you and you love them so much and you i love the banter and the back and forth that i have with some of my friends like that so i yeah. totally understand this relationship so all right, so you started Plant-Based in the Burbs, which is a show where you guys go live. So tell me, what will we find on Plant-Based in the Burbs? We're doing the ABCs of uh, a plant-based lifestyle. So we try to uh, show people how you can transition by just swapping out an animal product for an alternative plant-based product. And we want to show them how easy it is and how we're still learning on our journey. So we're sharing things that we, that we do every day. Um, so that's basically the golden list. Paige wants to add more, but that's what we do. So we, we start off with meat products. We, start, we do cheese and eggs. We show them different alternatives, different products that they can use that are plant-based. We do. Um, we just did one on fruit, which was amazing because there's so many varieties of wonderful fruits that we can eat, and a lot of people stay away from them because they're afraid of the sugar, and so they use that as an excuse not to really enjoy the fruit that's out right now this season. So that's basically what we're doing, and we want to have fun, and we, you know, we make mistakes along the way, but that's the whole purpose of the show to show you that it can be done, and you do make mistakes, but it's okay. Just keep going. Right. So that's kind of how <laughs> I'm just laughing. Cause yesterday I was trying to juggle some peaches and I dropped one on the floor. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we do make mistakes. The other thing I want to point out is it's a show for everyone because, yeah. Yeah. you know, we also, we, we hit some uh, nutrition facts and some things that we've learned from experts. You know, we're experts in our own lives and so is everyone else that's, you know, watches any of the content out there. You know, you're an expert in your own life, how to tweak and pivot and shift. And also, you know, if you are transitioning or if you have a family member, we're, we're like easy on the eyes. We're easy with the content. We're not going to slam you over the head. Right. We're just, we're really about a nice balance. And we also use a lot of resources. So we'll, we'll reference doctors and mm -hmm. books that we've read and experts in the fields of which they're experts and, and really bring about like, you can too refer to this uh, information that we've done the work. We've, we've spent the last Gosh, is it four and a half years, Sherry? Yeah. It really is. Yes. We, we both, right around the same time, you know, my, my, my veganversary is October 1st. And um, after watching Cowspiracy and after my daughter going vegan at 13, six months earlier, sitting next to her realizing, 
I needed to make the change for a planet of which she plans to live on longer than me yeah. and have grandchildren. If I don't do it now, then I'm a hypocrite and I'm calling myself an environmentalist <laughs> and I'm still eating animal products. Yeah. And no, once I knew the info, like once you know the info, you know, you hopefully you do better by knowing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sherry, what was your plant-based journey? What got you on the path? Mine was totally different. Um, and I really didn't pay any attention to plant-based or veganism. Uh, at the particular time, my husband and I were going to this church and every year they do a fast and you're able to pick whatever it is you want to fast and, you know, fast and pray. So I told my husband, I said, we really need to challenge ourselves. You know, I was looking at him and I said, we're going to get rid of meat for 14 days. He said, 14 days. I said, yeah, we're going to go all out. So uh, we decided to take the meat out of our uh, our diet for 14 days. Now, mind you, we're still eating dairy and cheese because this, again, knowledge is power. And um, we didn't really know anything about that. We were just doing this as our spiritual uh, commitment to a fast. So after the 14 days, I really didn't have an urge for it. You know, I didn't have the urge to go back to eating the meat products. And I didn't really, you know, dive deep into find out you know, anything about the veganism or plant-based. Um, but as we continued our journey, you know, we made changes. We implemented fish back in because working in the fitness industry, they always talk about how much protein you need in your body. And of course, we all get caught up in that myth that, you know, in the United States, we eat way too much protein. And that's why we have a lot of other ailments that are contributed from eating, consuming too much uh, animal protein. And eventually, I think after we saw... Um, what the health, it was easier for us to get rid of the eggs and, and the cheese. And so that was the last uh, thing that we actually got rid of. And I've never looked back, never looked back. And then we just started, I started to uh, educate myself a little bit more on, you know, what is plant-based? What is veganism? What is it that for me to uh, live this cruelty-free lifestyle, what is it that I need to do so I can impact others around me um, with compassion, you know, not really bashing them, but just showing them by example that if I can do this, my husband, who was a major carnivore, if he can do this and my two boys, then anybody can do it, you know? And so that's kind of what, what my mission is, is just to lead by example. And that's when you get the questions like, oh my gosh, your skin is glowing. How'd you do it? And I'm just like, oh, I went plant-based and I haven't had a pimple since. And people are blown away. They are. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was going to say also my mental uh, awareness and my mental stability, meaning um, just a just a sense of when when menopause kicked in, mm-hmm. uh, I was really on a roller coaster. Right. You know, I had I started with some CBD oil, which really helped, but when I went vegan, I'm telling you, really serious shifts in my in my just my my balance, the balance of, by way of my mental capacity and my mental moods, yeah. you know, way more balanced. Yes. And Paige, you said that you first went plant-based because you were like, I can't be an environmentalist and support, you know, animal agriculture. Can you tell me about that? Like, I know you were shocked at the amount of water it takes to put, you know, a hamburger on a plate um, and that the leading cause of deforestation and climate change is in fact factory farming. Can you talk about that? And then how it led to, oh, also it heals my body and heals my menopause. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I happen to have this um, right in front of me by Vegan Outreach. 
Outreach and Factory Farming uh, Awareness Coalition. I just happen to have this uh, um, fight climate change with diet change. And, and a lot of people have heard of poop, 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 you know, the pooping and the burping and the, and the whatnot from, uh, from the animals. But let me just say this, per year, switching to a vegan diet, number one, saves 219,000 gallons of water. This is on average, right? Prevents the release of 1,533 pounds of CO2 and spares the suffering of at least 35 animals. So wow. when I heard about the water, and I forget what it was, and there, they, there were some comparisons, I, I like six large um, school buses full of water equals like one hamburger. You know, don't quote me. This is all like, yeah. I, I'm probably meshing things, but you get a lot of conspiracy facts. If you just go on their website or on their yeah. Instagram, there's so many. When I saw that, and when I saw football fields of water that, you know, uh, and even grain, like the like at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of energy around Greta Thunberg, who is vegan, by the way, who's this, you know, incredible activist from Sweden who who um, became you know a household name on the front cover of Time magazine up for the Nobel Peace Prize and she went around talking about the climate climate cloud fossil fuels which is also very essential what was not noted was that she's vegan and then it came out a little later like she kind of putting that out there but you know knowing what what the um, it, the environmental impact, the manure runoff from factory farms is the leading cause of water pollution in the United States. Ha you know, having polluted, I'm reading straight from 35,000 miles of river in 22 states. I mean, these are real statistics. These are real science, real information that if I walk around thinking, well, my sushi and, and, and my pepperoni, which to me at the time, Honestly, when I thought about the pepperoni, it was just pepperoni. I didn't even think about what it was. Mm. I didn't realize it was a, a, an amalgamation, a conglomeration of multiple animals to be to have to sacrifice their lives, be sacrificed for me to have that taste pleasure in the moment, which now I, I'm disgusted by the thought. So, you know, but again, you know, not to turn people off, but that our taste bud, my taste buds, in and my desire to hang out and have sushi the the desire to have a planet by which my daughter and grandchildren could live on for a future um, weighed over more. The selfishness of my own part and my own personal taste buds, I, I went, it's not, it's, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hypocrite. And I have integrity. And, um, and I very much pride myself on that. I think a lot of questions that come up when um, people are asking me personally, like about going plant based is like, well, I can't give up cheese or I don't know where to get my protein or I'm a mom or I'm a parent and my, I don't, I don't know how to feed my kids that way. Can you tell us some healthy swaps that are really working for cheese protein and for kids specifically as moms? Like what can moms do to really help their children eat healthier? Well, you know, the thing is, is women have to remember, are they the ones that are in control of what goes on the plate for the whole family? unless the husband is the one is doing the cooking in the, in the, in the household. So there's many things. Tofu is amazing protein and it pretty much can mimic a lot of things. And it's so delicious and it's cost effective. Um, for cheese, there's a lot of alternatives. One of my favorites, Miyoko, follow your heart. I love those cheeses. They melt mm, by a life. I mean, there's, I mean, Gosh, there's so many products out there for feeding my kids. You know, you can do a great Buddha bowl. You know, you have beans for fiber, rice, you have avocados. You know, you can put tempeh in them. I mean, there's a lot of uh, great 
uh, substitutes that people can use, but you have to, you know, educate them and let them know that they can substitute in that way. So, um, yeah, I think that answered that question. I hope so. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're in control of what you put on the plate in your family and you can feed your kids pretty much anything that's healthy and let them know that it's delicious. If it has good flavor, people are going to eat it anyway, regardless if there's meat there, because the, the farce of the protein is really, you know, it's really a myth about how much protein we need to consume. And mostly on a plant-based diet, you, diet, you do get pretty, you get enough protein, truly. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. People are not in hospitals dying of protein deficiencies. They're in <laughs> hospitals dying of chronic degenerative diseases. Therefore, right. <laughs> what does that mean? That means if we eliminate the things that are causing people to have chronic degenerative diseases, which are inflammatory mm-hmm. types of foods, such as meat and dairy and all the things, then that is that is the solution. It's not about the protein. And there's so much protein in plants. So yes, I totally really agree is. with you. Yes. For one year, I lived on a farm and my brother had a pet pig. Get this. My family were cattle ranchers. Wow. It did not click until I went to Rowdy Girl Sanctuary in Texas and I was asked to speak on a panel. And I was there and they transitioned their farm from cattle ranching to a sanctuary for the animals, Rowdy Girl. Wow. And I was there and I was present. I was like, oh my gosh, this is in my roots. And then the second thing was... I had the braids. My my son said when he saw the, the picture of Wendy from Wendy's, he goes, Mom, that's you in third grade. That looks just like you. I had a gingham shirt on braids and the whole nine yards. I looked just like that. Meanwhile, it was just kind of like Pippi Longstocking. But um, we had we had our, we had pet uh, horses. We had uh, my brother, like I said, was in love with this pig. One day, Tricky went off to the, somebody that the, the, the Hooper's house. And then it turns out we found out that who, uh, Tricky got too big. Well, Tricky got too big and became somebody's food. And mm. my brother was crushed. And he's never eaten any ham. He's never, all the holidays, he'd like ham out. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't eat any bacon. He's never, it's pretty amazing when you, the kids make the connection. Yeah. So speaking of kids, which is circling around too, I mean, I grew up with that meat centric diet. For sure, um, from you know, from the time I was born till you know, it was the center of the table was how much, how pretty could you make it, how the dishes could be so beautifully displayed with a ton of you know, meat, dairy, and eggs. Um, so for me, I will say bringing comfort food, the traditional foods, but turning it into food that tastes good with the flavor. So a lot like that. I wanted to point out. Also, in this book that was created by Tracy McCorder, um, I really love her. You know, my uh, by any greens necessary is her book and Farm Sanctuary. She wrote the top ten protein: tempeh, tofu, lentils, pumpkin seeds, almonds, split peas. Look at that garbanzo beans, right? Chickpeas, garbanzo beans, hummus is made from that. Hemp seeds quinoa, and millet. So right there, 10 things, but you can literally Google, boom, and you will get, because I just did, uh, you know, if you just say, what are vegan protein, boom. And you can also buy packaged, lots of delicious packaging, tofurkey, Beyond Meat. I mean, there's so many great brands. Those are two of my favorites. Um, Gardein has some great alternatives. Uh, for, yeah. yeah, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then if you if you do happen to see a video, if you do see where a mother cow is running behind a truck that they took their baby away, you know, her baby away so that they could give milk and milk the mother cow to make milk and cheese and ice cream and all those really sexy, delicious, drippy, yummy things that that people don't realize that there was a mother cow once that she was a nursing mother cow that no longer gets to nurse her baby. Then, you know, maybe that'll somebody will say what, like I did. What? It's, heart, it's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely heartbreaking. I'm sure you guys have seen the videos that are really hard to watch, but when they tear a baby from the mother and the mother is grieving and it's just like a human grief. It's not, it's, we're not any different from them. And when you make that connection, it's very hard to ever go back to eating those things. When you see the pain in the mother's eyes and you see them grieving for the babies that are ripped away for them, it's just horrifying. So I'm with you ladies. All right. Before we go, Sherry, I have to know more about W29 activewear. Tell us about it and how you came up with the name. Okay. Well, I, I started this company back in uh, 2016 or 15, somewhere around there. And, you know, being a train, I'm an entrepreneur, like Paige says, I, if you look up, I got like various jobs. I'm creating, always creating. I can't help myself. And, um, don't know what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, me and a trainer always had my phone on me and, you know, sometimes clients would text me. I just, you know, I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to mix them. So I kept thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to make my own pants. I'm going to put a pocket on the side of them. So that's where I started. Know nothing about the industry. Never, 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 never. So it has been a learning experience. Um, and right now with COVID, you know, it has put a damper on us because my product is designed, cut, and sewn here in Los Angeles by an all-woman manufacturer. And um, since COVID has stopped that, you know, W29 is kind of at a halt, but that's okay. Next year, we're going to be bigger and better. And mm-hmm. the W29, it, actually, the, the name is after my mother. My mother's name uh, was Wanda, and she had an aneurysm at the age of 29. And so my sister and I always like to pay homage to her in some kind of way. So we would name our emails after her, you know, things like that. And so when I was looking for a name for the company, I, I asked my sister, said, what should we, what should we call this company? Cause I was just, you know, playing around with names and we came up with the W and W29. So that has a significant meaning to me and, and people in my family uh, because that way we can always, have her in remembrance. And, um, and so that's basically it. So we, we, we got leggings and now last year we were all, we were developing a new jacket. We were developing a bra because this company has been bootstrapped only uh, by me. And, um, so everything I make, I just put in it and whatever I can get out of it, that's what I make. Uh, so we did a pretty good years. We we sold out a, a lot of the product. And so now we're back at rebranding and starting all over. So hopefully when COVID passes by and manufacturers can open up, we'll start business all over again. But we have a great, a great leggings. It's, it's, it's a wonderful um, brand. I wear it every day. When I was working, I wore those pants every single day so they can withstand uh, a lot and they wash well. They're beautiful. They're just beautiful. Just simple and beautiful. 
Yeah. What I really like um, and was, was such an appeal was that there's two pockets on the sides of the legs, so you don't have any bulk. Mm-hmm. It's like on the side right above your knee, like halfway in between. And one side is for my keys, a little chapstick, like for a hike in my and my phone, and then the other side is for when I pick up trash. I just pop, <laughs> pop it right in there. You did too. <laughs> okay, so that website is w29activewear.com. Right. And where can everyone watch Plant Based in the Burbs? Well, we're on Jane Unchanged channel mm-hmm. every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Great. Live. And right now we have Instagram, plant-based in the burbs, and we go live on Instagram before the show, or, you know, we're popping in doing some fun content. Um, You can also find us on Facebook at plant-based in the burbs as well. Follow them, check out the show, go to the website. You've also got the Amazon show. Y'all have so much amazing stuff going on. So if you want to go plant-based, if you want to learn more about the lifestyle, if you follow these two, literally, they will point you in the right direction. So I'm so grateful to have you ladies here. And I'm really excited for what you're creating in the world. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. True pleasure. Thank you, Allison. Who else wants a free, fresh bottle of olive oil shipped straight to their door? Let me back up. The first time I went to Italy, I finally tasted real olive oil for the first time. It's not that I had never had olive oil before, of course, in the States, but the difference was I was having olive oil made fresh from olives that were growing on the property in Ravello off the Amalfi Coast. It was an experience I will never forget, and I ended up shipping like six bottles of it home because I couldn't bear to go back to store-bought processed olive oil. Well, the same thing happened to TJ Robinson. He's also known as the olive oil hunter. He learned that olive oil packs the most flavor and the healthiest nutrients when it's fresh from the farm. And that's the problem with your typical like supermarket olive oil the olive oil is not fresh. They can sit on the shelf for months, years growing stale. And that's why I'm so excited that I now get my olive oil direct from small award-winning farms. Thanks to TJ, who I just did an olive oil tasting with, which was so fun. I absolutely fell in love with their vibrant, fresh, grassy flavors. They're totally delicious. They're great on veggies, pasta, salad, you name it. And TJ has his fresh pressed olive oil club and food heals nation he will send you a full-size bottle worth 39 dollars of one of the world's finest most artisanal olive oils fresh from the latest harvest but he's only going to charge you one dollar to help cover shipping there's no commitment to buy anything now or ever it's his gift to food heals nation so you can get your free 39 dollar bottle for just one dollar shipping taste the difference taste the freshness you can go to get fresh 323.com. That's getfresh323.com. You'll get your free bottle and you'll pay $1 for shipping. Getfresh323.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. 